Yeah, what is going on, everybody? This is your host, Rob, back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really centered, really calm. It's funny. I just thought about this. We have a special guest today. Um, This special guest has been on the show a couple times. She's actually responsible for where I am and how well I'm doing in life right now because she took the time to work with a brother, help him get that resume together, and just gave me like, you know, you know how like you like on that cliff and like people say, oh, you just need to jump. You just need to jump. She ran and drop kicked me in the back. And I was like, oh! And so I, <laughs> I really didn't have a choice. Um, and I'm glad that she did. And ladies and gentlemen, let me cue up the guest music. In my eyes, in my humble opinion, based on the things that she has not only done for me, but the things that she is doing on a global scale. Dang, I've never been able to say that about anybody. On a global scale. She is a superhero. So ladies and gentlemen, if you've never heard from a real live superhero, guess what? You are in for a treat. We have the wonderful, the awesome, the spectacular, the hardworking, the resourceful, super duper Dr. Ashley Dash. Woo! Thank you. I like the resource. Where, where's my? Oh, I got all my sound effects messed up. Hold up. There, there's your round of applause. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Y'all forgive me. I gotta get my buttons uh, fixed over here. Lord have mercy. Look, I like my extended celebration. So thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, it's funny. I just thought about something. I, I, uh, my lovely lady just moved in with me. Um, she's over there on the couch destroying a delicious dinner that she made. Ooh, and it's another <laughs> new beginning for me. And it brought me back to when I first got here and what it took for me to get here. And when I first got here, how things were and where things are now. And honestly, everything has been up. Everything has been better uh just more opportunities more focus uh more financial benefit like it's it's like every month yeah it's like every month something new we talked about that very beginning he was like listen you gotta go for the money right (laughs) yes 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 like um and i didn't I knew it and I didn't have the confidence, but you were there to really boost me and give me that confidence. And now I kind of see like when you really go after it, y'all, and people see that you're hungry and you're after it, it's like uh, the law of attraction. Like opportunities are coming towards me. More people that I know in my life are seeing what I'm doing and how hard I'm working. They want to work with me on projects and all kinds of things. And then just the educational system up here is different. They pay more and they pay you. When you want to do programs and stay after school and tutor and all this stuff, the money is there. The money is. And I'm just like, yes, sign me up for this. Sign me up for this. Sign me up for this. And I am so thankful. And thank you again for all that you have done for me. You're also the first person to listen to this podcast and take a chance on me and help elevate my voice via National Black Man Day, which has been just Woo-hoo. awesome. I love going to LinkedIn and seeing that right up. Pow! I was like, oh, man, that was me. You know what I'm saying? That was me. I'm going to 
gonna get you a badge. You know, I'm, I'm working on that. I got you. We got some things happening. You know, <laughs> gonna see what it takes to make it. You know, official, official. <laughs> but hold on, before we go anymore, I just want to back up because you said one thing. Everybody, every, listen, I'm not sure why I get this. I have this persona, but I don't understand why you feel like I drop kicked you off of cliff. <laughs> I always ask for permission before I do anything. So let's go ahead. Let's rewind that back. So let's go talk about that real quick. Um, I, so it's oh. funny. You kind of like gave me a dose of myself. Um, I'm very straightforward, straight to the point with people. And a majority, I feel like the majority of the people that I deal with or dealt with are kind of like more passive more just not as straight to the point now i want to say sugar coating but you know what i'm saying you were just kind of like like straight up and i was like oh but i like that because i'm like all right true let's get to it like sometimes you just need to hear like you need to be talk 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 to a certain way you need to be told about yourself and you need to know what it is um and it's funny because my clients i'll be making other people nervous like i'll be coming for y'all and listen, I don't come for you without permission. So let's just clear the space. You came to me <laughs> and I said, before we get started, are you cool? <laughs> and you yeah. said yes. So I don't feel like I drop kicked you. I felt like, you know, if I did drop kicked you out, you were looking at me. You gave me permission to shove yeah. you off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Like we talked and I was like, yo, I want to jump out of this plane so bad. And I kept talking about jumping out of the plane and you basically were like, all right, I can give you some assistance if you would like. And I was like, Let's absolutely. Skydive. Yes. Don't be afraid, y'all. Don't be afraid. Like I said, it worked out perfect for me. It wasn't anything negative or bad. It was just straight to the point. And I was like, all right, cool. She knows what she's doing. Let me shut up and leave it to the expert. And I even like now, the I think the, the most impactful thing you did for me is now I look at myself um, as way more of an asset and I know um, the correct way now to uh, what's the word to present that on paper hey. like I'm, oh, I still yeah. like to this day when I think about how you like if I show y'all my my old resume versus what Dr. Dash did for me y'all would be like oh <laughs> like those skills and skills I, I had and didn't know I had, but that stand out to other companies and organizations. I'm like, dang, I didn't even realize that I was not putting these important things out and on the forefront when I'm out here trying to represent myself for employment. So I really appreciate that. I'm cool. I just got to clarify, but you know, all my clients kind of have that same type of energy. They're like, listen, <laughs> listen, once the permission is given, it's go time. And the reason I am very direct, is that's part of my personality. But the other reason why I am that direct is because I worked, I currently work, but have worked in corporate America since I was, what, like 23? Ooh. Like, I was super young. And a lot of times, no one told me what was wrong. They were tiptoeing around issues or questions. Um, there were side conversations that I wasn't privy to. If y'all would have just told me the information that something was wrong around my performance or the way I dressed or the way I talked or the way I looked or whatever, you know, we could have made adjustments, but I didn't hear it. You know, I, I you know, you hear it all of a sudden in the annual review, performance review, and you're like, but I, I work with y'all every day. <laughs> y'all mm -hmm. could have said something every day. 
So now that's not my that's not my story. Um, that's not my assignment. If you come to me, we gonna get to what everybody's ta- whispering about, but we gonna talk about that out loud. Um, I, I don't have time for it because I could have been so much further. I could have made so much more money. Like now, I'm about results, and results happen in truth. So Ooh, results have. I'm about results, and results happen in truth. They do. That's very real. And I I think part of what you're talking about happens because people are afraid because, one, people are quick to take offense and make you feel like the bad guy. And, two, a majority of us, myself included at times, we don't like to be – we don't like to feel, quote, unquote, judged. We don't like to be told about ourselves. We don't like to be – what's the word I'm looking for? (sighs) Constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people ask for it, but they really don't like it when they get it because we think we know ourselves, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes it's needed. It's needed. Go sulk and cry about it later. But the person ultimately is trying to help you. And you're right. Like It's it's funny you say that. That's one of the things now that I'm older I start to do. Like on the receipts when they ask for surveys, I fill them out now. And I've gotten so much free food because they actually read and they're like, thank you for the feedback. And I'm like, oh. Like, some people actually want that because I'm like, if the food is trash and nobody tells them their food is trash, they think everything's okay. Exactly. And I like to reframe things because a lot of people have, I've learned a lot about language and wording, specifically being in Japan, um, and associations to that. So I've learned to reframe a lot of words so that it doesn't have the sting um, that it can have. So we don't use the word or phrase constructive criticism. At least I don't anymore actively. Mm -hmm. Um, we talk about, you know, development, like there's a development opportunity, right? And this is how we can grow now so that we can get to the ultimate goal. Cause most people have that ultimate goal, whether it's a lifestyle, a, a money point, um, a location, you know, a state of mind, state of being, everyone has something that they're like working towards. So let's just develop towards that. Development opportunity. I love that. I love it. I love it. How is Japan? Japan is pretty good Um, now. Like we still have, you know, COVID thing happening over here. It's very um, interesting to compare the, I'll say the resources or the the feedback we get in Japan versus what's happening in the United States because it's not the same. It's, It's, I went home for the holidays and no one was really wearing masks and it was just very, I didn't know it was happening. Like, your brain is like literally confused. So like in like in Japan, like we'll, we have like weekly um, emails that come out about the like, COVID situation, right? Mm-hmm. At work. So one of the emails I remember receiving was like, okay guys, um, we're, we're back in the office a couple of days a week, you know, and then we're working from home. But when you come to the office, you have to wear a mask, which is fine. Cause that's what, what we've been doing. He said, but you can't wear, they didn't say it like this, but this is how I received it. You can't wear the fabric mask anymore. When you come to the office, you need to wear the surgical mask, right? Mm-hmm. Not a big deal because they're everywhere, right? In the same breath, you know, I'm online. Um, I have friends at home. And like they were saying, there's no mask required in elementary school. So I'm like, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it, it's just so opposite. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> it, it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, what... A lot of people in America, okay, let me not say that. Just from what I've been hearing and seeing, there's just always there's a lot of quote unquote issues with masks. Like people don't want to wear them, people are upset by them. They keep talking about them. I'm like, it's a preventative measure. Oh, it doesn't do anything. You can still get COVID. 
it's 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 about decreasing the chances. But yeah, like um my school recently, recently, maybe within the last month now, nobody has to wear a mask unless they want to. Um and I'm just like, wait. Like first it was just the students. And then like maybe a couple weeks later, I was like, okay, now we're gonna extend this to the staff. I still wear my mask. Mm-hmm. Um I might I might remove it if I need to talk to the class, but I still wear it because one, I'm used to it and two like after just seeing and learning and educating myself more, I'm just like, mm, I mean, for me, it's not a big deal, um, and I feel like it does help reduce that transference because I mean, people spit when they talk, this, that, and the third, and I mean, I got a bunch of masks and it's no skin off my back, but it is definitely a shock to see, uh, and it's interesting when you go in the store now. It's like the amount of people who do wear it versus the amount of people who don't. And I'm just, we're just like me and my girlfriend, when we go out, we're so used to it. And it's funny. You bring a mask, you wear a mask, you walk into a restaurant, you wear the mask for five seconds and it comes off. But I still, <laughs> I still do it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the response to COVID is all over the place here. It's all over the place. And people really are just up in arms about it. Yeah, it's... um. It, it, it's better here in Japan. Like a lot of things aren't on lockdown anymore. Like we're open. Um, they have like certain, you know, if, if there's like an outbreak or something, a certain prefecture or area, then of course they'll, they'll take those measures. Like, okay, we're going to, you know, close down or close early things like that. But for the most part, life is, I'll quote, say quote unquote, back to normal in a way. Mm-hmm. So um, Japan is good. It's finally getting a little warmer, like this week. So I'm excited nice. um, for the cherry blossom season. So the good thing about Japan still being closed, this sounds horrible, right? But <laughs> Japan is still closed to tourists. So everyone's trying to get to all the tourist places before Japan reopens the border. <laughs> Makes <laughs> it's sense. Outed. So like, there's like this mad rush of not just foreigners, but Japanese people enjoying the country because they know as soon as the borders open up, it's going to be mayhem. Everybody's going to try to get to Japan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I well, have some well, plans to go get to some places. I'm glad that you're going to get a chance to enjoy it without the tourists and 10,000 cameras out and it looking like, I don't know, they got it looking like Hollywood out there because there's so many people out there. Sometimes it's great just to have it to yourself mm-hmm. um i'm gonna switch gears here and ask you some more <clears throat> some more personal financial okay. questions not necessarily mm-hmm. personal but so and we've never had this conversation and you're someone i definitely should have had this conversation with because you've spoken about some of the hardships you went through financially on your way up um mm-hmm. so with what has been happening over the last three years just with covid this war in ukraine the stock market um i think a lot of us myself included have bumped our heads and was like oh shoot my money ain't right i'm really not being financially responsible like yes i have a great new opportunity up here and i'm making more money than i ever have but what are you doing with it so my strategies have definitely changed on that i've invested more i have diverse investments and I'm looking to build and, and looking to uh, work on projects with people to just create more nest eggs for myself. So um, what are some of the things that, you know, as far as COVID and this war that's happening, what are some of the things you went through during this pandemic? And did you have any financial realizations? 
Um, I always have financial realizations because I can always do, be doing better because I'm a spender and I like nice things. I can't even say nice things. I like nice experiences. Um, so, you know, I like if for some people who follow me on, you know, my personal Facebook page, I'll be seeing me ball out in hotel rooms. Like I'll spend, you know, some money on hotel because it's an experience. And mm-hmm. for me, I'm learning that money is a resource and you can, if you're brilliant, which I feel I am and I teach all my clients that they are, you can always find resource. Um, so I don't worry about the money as much as I used to. I do make sure like I have, you know, emergency, well, I don't call it emergency anymore. I'm going to change my words. I have a savings, um, have a savings, uh, goal. I have investment. Um, I have IRA, but for me, I really had to start from scratch. So I, people think, oh, you have all this money. I had to, I had to dig myself out of a hole. So I'm still <laughs> getting back to the a place of, you know, uh, equilibrium, like break even point, mm-hmm. um, if you will. However, I'm balancing this with experiences because I feel like regardless of the money in the bank, you can look at it and it's pretty. There's some things that, you know, I can't, I can't put a price tag on. Um, some things that I've, you know, I just, some experience I've had has like changed my life forever. Like I remember being in Thailand and um, riding an elephant. And that what? was a pivotal moment. Yeah. Um, and it was just a moment that you can't, you can't really, I couldn't, I mean, other people couldn't put a price tag on it. Cause of course there's a ticket price, but emotionally, mentally, yeah. you know, personally development wise, it was like, Oh, this is what it's like to have this experience. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember I splurged on a, on like the lay, lay flat plane ticket. Right. I've never experienced that before. You get on the plane and like the, the, the chair turns into like a, a bed for you to go to sleep. Oh, so I splurged on that because I could and um, I wanted to experience it. And then I remember sitting in it because I wasn't even in first class. Like that was just like the business class, right? Because mm-hmm. other people have pods. And I'm like, oh, there's a whole, like my mind shifted in terms of the, there's so much more in the world, yeah, right? And there's no amount of money that's sitting in the bank that for me, I feel like could have changed that moment in time um, to be like, oh, okay, this is like, this is life. And for some people, this is life every day. Like I'm, you know, splurging this one time to experience it. But like yeah. people live in ex- like like someone owns their own personal jet. Like, oh, like your brain for me just expands to a space that I wasn't raised in, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And yeah. I wasn't privy to outside of like what you see like celebrities doing. Like I'm seeing people who don't nobody know these people's names. Don't nobody know like what they got going on. Right. But this, that's how they live in. Like, oh, this is okay. Like, all right, I got to regroup. I got to, okay. <laughs> you know, it just gives you these opportunities. So I've learned to make sure I have my bases covered, but I'm more in a place where um, money is a resource. And now that I do have resource and I'm, I'm good, you know, in terms of not being in foreclosure, not struggling like that, um, I'm able to give in ways that, to be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable with because like God's prompting me to do some things. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that I let go and released that I thought I would miss, but you know, it's not that big a deal. Like, um, I don't have a car. Right. Right. And I haven't had a car for years, um, since I've been in, you know, Japan, but even before I didn't have a car payment, but now I don't have a car at all. And I'm just like, you don't, this doesn't bother me. It's not like a thing I need. Ooh, yeah. And then watching everyone, you know, complain about the gas prices. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know about that anyways. You know, it's just a freeing <laughs> thing where this is life for me now. And I like it. You, oof. 
you hit on some very first of all i'm glad that you have come to these financial realizations and that you are enjoying life you're doing things that are pleasing unto you when it comes to your money and you're feeling good about the choices that you're making um that I think that's that's very big. I heard that from a guy on another podcast, and I bought his book. I forget his last name. I think his name is Ramit Sethi. I'm probably saying his name wrong, but I've mentioned him a couple times. And just one segment of his podcast caught me. Well, he is on someone else's podcast, and he talked about money and basically living your best life and how people tell you things like, oh, if you go to Starbucks and you buy this cup of coffee and you're spending $7.00 a day and you do the calculations, you could cut back and do this and only spend $3 and you're saving $25 a month. He was like, but how do you feel about that that that, that Snoko or that 7-Eleven coffee versus that experience and that taste and the flavor of that Starbucks coffee? And he was like, you know, if $3 or $20 a month is going to break your budget, you got bigger problems. Right. And I thought about that. I thought about how many times I didn't do what I actually wanted to do because I quote unquote thought I was saving or doing something like that, which technically I was, but I was never, I wasn't as satisfied, didn't enjoy the experience, didn't didn't really feel like I got my money's worth, whether it was cheaper or not. And I said, he's right. Like when I want a burger, I'm going to go to like Fuddruckers or an actual mm-hmm. restaurant who does burgers. Like why am I going to Burger King? Why am I going to McDonald's just to save a couple dollars? And once I started doing that, I kind of shifted. So now I spend my money on the stuff I actually really want and the stuff I really want to do. And I put myself in a place to where I budget so that I know I can splurge on these things. And like you said, I've let a lot of things go that I thought I was going to miss. FOMO, fear of missing out, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And like you said, when you elevate and God has a plan for you and you just, you finally stop hitting your head against the wall and listen, he's like, I have I have more for you. I have better for you. Don't worry about this. Yeah, you having fun right here. But when you move up here, this right. is a whole nother level. And ever since I've done that, which I'm still working on, it's been excellent. 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 Um, it's really, uh, I call it, so, so here's the issue around that because I want to make sure that no one gets confused around budgeting and finances because it's so important. I'm learning specifically um, in the black community. I feel that the what when you talk about you know saving money, I believe the initial intent, right, of, mm-hmm. of these exercises was ar- around awareness, right? Like, right? like I think some people were were not aware of how much money they were spending. So that's originally how these I feel like budgeting techniques became a came popular, right? And if you are in a space where $20 a month is breaking you and you're spending $7 at at Starbucks, then yes, you do need to cut down, right? But I think what happened was there was no explanation. There was no transition, right? Mm -hmm. Around moving from awareness of finances to scarcity mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Because people are scared to spend money, right? They're hoarding it, right? Which is also bringing a certain energy where you're scared, you don't want to do anything, and then bad things start happening because you're scared. And like then it goes down like this vicious cycle, mm-hmm. right? Where money, as most things, has a flow. You hold on to anything too tight, right? Eventually, it's going to be leaked out or released. Yep. Um, so I just want to be clear, like, at certain spaces are necessary. There is a certain level of awareness, right? But if you have a budget, you build that in, um, you know, life is different. Now, I always gave this this full disclosure, I am single, okay? I do not have any children, okay? <laughs> so the way that I'm living my life, right, I know 
is not indicative of most of my peers, right? Same. (laughs) Right? I, most of my peers don't live, you know, overseas, right? And they don't make a lot of money in corporate America, right? So I know that my life that I have, I, I am quite blessed and I know God has a lot for me because of these opportunities, right? I do tithe. Now I tithe on, um, on my money. I wasn't tithing before, but now I make more money. I tithe. Now those checks, when I write them, they, Lord Jesus, they look higher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Like, whoa. Right? But I do tithe, right? And this is part of, of my life and my in my lifestyle. And I feel like if I were to make another, let's say, um, bad decision financially, right? Or something were to happen, I'm only responsible for myself. So there's not like I'm taking a whole team, you know, down with me. But with that being said, I've also made provisions um, in the U.S. where, you know, I, I got places to go and things to do. Like, I'm not going to be homeless, right? I'm going right. to be good, right? So I, those plans have already been put in place. I like I like what you just said. Thank you for uh, also clarifying. Yeah, like, it, it, money, money in the black community is a very interesting topic. And uh, it starts with self, y'all. You know, look in the mirror, look at yourself, look at your life, look at where you are. And you make some personal decisions. Like, every budgeting technique and all this stuff you see on Instagram and Facebook, everything is not for everybody. And everybody is not in a position to save and do things a certain way. Like, um, I'm to a point now where I can use a credit card to pay for gas, groceries, reap the, uh, the benefits of the points, and pay it off every month. Like, Mm -hmm. I've heard people talk about that in the past, but I was too irresponsible, too mature. I'm buying video games. I'm like, oh, this ain't the plan. Now I got $2,000 credit card debt. But then I learned, okay, oh, oh, so you going on these, yeah, dog, this is how I go on these trips. I do this, I do this, I do this. I'm like, oh, shoot, let me try that. And it's working. But I got more mature and I had to be real with myself and I had to make sure that I was ready for it. Um, So now I can enjoy those benefits. Um... Another question for you. Another mm-hmm. thing that has definitely shifted and is pretty controversial now is the actual job market. I'm not in it anymore because I have so many opportunities where I am and I'm trying to do my own thing on the side. But I know that, you know, there's talks about pay, salaries have gone up in a lot of places because they are trying to get people back to work. A lot of people are starting their own businesses because they are getting money from other sources. Some people don't want to go back to work because there have been payouts and programs that have popped up to help them. Uh, what what advice do you have for someone who is navigating through some of this stuff? So I always say, you know, I speak from corporate America perspective. Okay, that's <laughs> always. So if you're in the federal space, you know, different advice, education, unless it's, you know, on the corporate side, you know, semi-different advice, right? Um, I feel like go for what you want and have a plan. It, it's just, you know, I have to say this. I didn't want to say this. I've been holding this back for a long time. But um, like I've been seeing these LinkedIn messages or people go viral on social media around. There was this, I don't know, recruiter was like, you know, I saved my company. I don't know if she saved, but she offered a candidate like, I don't know, $60,000, $50,000. And then like the pay was like a hundred, something crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone was going hard on her. And I have to be honest, while... You know, there we all have to have a level of personal integrity, right? Yeah, it's different for everyone, right? But if I work in human resources, which I have in the past, my my obligate my my not I say obligation. What's the word I'm looking for? My allegiance. 
there you go. Allegiance is to the company, not necessarily the person, right? Mm-hmm. And I know we're all black first, but my allegiance to the company, like that's who hired me, right? Yep. So my personal pet peeve and situation, I'm not saying she was right or 100% right or 100% wrong. What I am saying is I teach all my clients, right? How much are you worth? Like if the if the person getting the offer had did the proper research and know what their value was, there wouldn't have been a conversation because the person would have said no and says, no, I'm underpaid, right? Yep. And then the HR person would have had to figure out how to fix it if the hiring manager really wanted that person or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so like, I'm not saying that it's okay to go around just like offering people money that's not, you know, indicative, you know, of their skill set. But if the salary range is like a hundred, like $50,000 to a hundred thousand dollars and I offer you 50, I'm, I'm still in the salary range for my company. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you say yes. That's not necessarily my problem. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's true. Correct me if I'm wrong too. Um, cause I, I suffered from this. People are scared that, you know, when you get to a point where they're making you an offer, they want you, correct? Typically, yes. Typically, yes. So at that point, y'all need to realize more than likely they want you. They're making you an offer. Don't be afraid to receive a no. I would you would you venture to say that most of the time when you offer or you propose what you want, they will at least negotiate or come back with a counteroffer versus all right, no, get out of here. So, um, oftentimes, if they don't. So first of all, everyone's everything's negotiable. That's what I learned. Even when they say mm-hmm. it's non-negotiable, everything's negotiable. If it's not a salary, something's negotiable. There's very few companies when they say they have a non-negotiable policy actually mean it. They say it so you so you don't <laughs> negotiate, right? Right. And there are some companies that they really do say like we we don't negotiate. Like that that's how they roll. So you have to respect the company, right? Like wherever policies they have in place, you have to go with it. But it doesn't necessarily hurt to ask, right? And I feel like money, I just, people get so weird in, around money. Um, I get weird around money. Like when they, when, when my executive coach told me how much to ask for, for this job in Japan, I cussed him out and told him he lost his mind, right? Not cuss words, like cuss words, but I was like, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Like, I, you know, I just flipped, mm-hmm. like I flipped. So I know what it feels like when I'm coaching my clients to look at me sideways, like, hold up. Like, listen, I know I feel weird. I know it's uncomfortable. Go scream, go cry, go do what you think. They come back to me in five minutes so we can finish this conversation, right? Because there's a lot of feelings <laughs> that happen, right? You felt that when we were talking. You was like, hold up. Uh, I was like, listen, trust me. Yeah. You got this. You Like, we ha- like they were like, like our, for most coaching calls around money, right? Let's say they'll last 45 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Five minutes of it is information. Right. It's just like, okay, this is this is the plan. It's the other 40 minutes of like, it's gonna be okay. I got you. You can do this. Like, let's yeah. go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's really what it is around that particular conversation because people are so uncomfortable. People aren't used to um valuing their worth. Um, we're always taught to be that's humble. Hard. Like there's so many mindsets and things we get from our family, our friends, our church, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know that this teaches you not to shine bright, right? They say, you know, you got to be humble. You can't listen. It also says I'm solved the earth, right? It hey. also says I'm a light in the darkness. You know what I'm saying? It also <laughs> says abundance is my birthright. There's so many other things, you know, that's also being said. So it's so interesting to have these money conversations. But I tell people all the time, listen, I'm a six-figure chick, okay? And that's what I strive for. Now, does that mean I make it every single time? No, but that's where we're at. But now that we're here, 
you're the next level. Okay. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that we know what this feels like, I know some other folks. I done experienced some other things. Um, Because I've gotten glimpses and I've had these amazing, when I talk about experiences, I've had these amazing opportunities just to like glimpse or experience something just for a moment in time, even if it wasn't like long-term. I was with a, um, I was with a, in an entre- uh, entrepreneurship circle, right? Where um, I have to be honest, I feel like I was probably the brokest one. <laughs> you know. <in> the- <laughs> wow. That's, y'all just heard and, a six-figure chick say she felt like she was the brokest one. And just, Go ahead. I, I was in six figures then. I had, I think, left six figures. But even then, even now, I'm still the brokest one. Okay, like I'm no, no, no. I feel like my experiences make me rich. Like I don't know if people have tr- in my groups. I don't know if people have made me at traveled as much as I have mm-hmm. experienced it. But financially, I was. I feel like I was the brokest one on that trip. I remember it was a, a entrepreneurship um, experience. It was like, um, it was in Aruba, so I got a chance to go to Aruba. And we'd like a mastermind, but most masterminds I've experienced are like in boardrooms or on video and they're kind of like, you do these things. We masterminded in the ocean of Aruba. What? Right. And I was like, we don't have any paper. We don't have any pens. How are we going to keep track of all the notes or whatever? Yeah. And the, my mentor at the time was like, you don't need it. She was just like, she just real like, you know, flow, whatever. And uh, we were in the ocean and we masterminded. And I remember majority of everything that I planned in the moment because how can you forget a moment like that right right like it's kind of like the water is clear it's not blue the water's clear because I can look down and see you know mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by women who look like me right because mm-hmm. we're all black women and we were just talking about life and business and it was like this is what people are talking about like this is what I'm not saying Jay-Z or Beyonce or you know these celebrities are doing this type of work but these type of experiences where they're they're surrounded by people who care about them, yeah. they feel supported, they're having fun, they're making jokes, and they're planning to make money. Like, sign me up. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I, I just I had a, a mental picture of what that's like for you. Um, that's something I'm glad you just sparked a new idea. That's something I want to start doing with the people I'm working with. We need to we need to do something like that. Um, wow. The experience that oh man, Oof. sorry I'm having a moment. <laughs> okay, have your moment, and I think what you just talked about is you had a vision, and I think that's what I'm really focused on. To be honest, for these last these next six months, is visioning, right? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Well, you know, what have I learned to get me to this point, and how do I want to move forward? Because uh, as most people know, my word for this year has been release, right? So I thought to be honest, release were like bad habits, you know, um, negative. I'm not gonna say negative people. God, I have another side note. I hate people like, oh, I'm releasing everybody this year. Listen, they shouldn't have been there to begin with. But anyways, um, you know, releasing, you know, maybe I thought I was, I was releasing certain bad habits, to be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I had like an epiphany, like literally like two days ago. And I was like, oh, I got to release that. I wasn't ready. <laughs> like, I wasn't ready. <laughs> Uh, like I was like, oh, we in here. Like it's too late to turn around. So visioning is so important. And so when I close my eyes, right, and I see my future or when I've done visioning exercises with some amazing people in my life, I've seen what God has for me in glimpses. Not a lot, but just like, you know, like a, a second, which which requires me today to make changes, right? And you're like, oh, wow, like this, this is real. 
right? Mm -hmm. So when you guys are having visions, right? I want people not to just ignore it. Like, oh, that's just a daydream. Oh, that's not important. No, take a minute, take a beat, capture it, take a mental snapshot, however you need to write it down, however you need to do that, do it because it's like your future kind of like giving you peaks. Like, yo, this is what's, what's waiting for you. But you have to make changes today to get to that certain future. So I'm spending these next, you know, six months. Um, some people know, but um, I have development plans. So I'm in like my another development plan. I call it Dr. Ashley Dash 2.0. So I'm actually in the middle of the or beginning of that process where I have certain things I want to achieve. And it's like, whoa, like... I don't know if I, I know I was ready for this. Like, I didn't know this is what this is going to mean when I said or when I wrote down, yeah. you know, X, Y, Z in the plan. And we we're only like in the beginning. I'm just like, oh, my life, what's going <laughs> on? you know, like it's, it's very uh, confronting. It's very confronting to do this work. But if I do the work for myself, I always see clients come to me that experience what I've already experienced. So if I stay in the same space, then normally my clients or potential people are in the same space. But when I say, hey, I'm going to go do X, Y, Z and do this, my clients tend to follow. Like I have a client who um, we did resume work. She also lives overseas, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> she makes good money, right? Right. I make live overseas and make good money. So it's like people are following in their, you know, in what they want for themselves, but they're attracted to what's in you, right? So yes. like, oh. People want to learn about moving overseas. So let's have a conversation about it. I didn't know that's what I wanted until it happened. <laughs> you 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 know what you've taught me, and this is something that I think you do very well. You peel back layers and see what all is there. And that makes it easier to see what's for you. Because some people look at something on the surface and say, Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't fit there. But when you peel back the layers sometimes, it's like, oh, this is a necessary part of this whole thing. And mm -hmm. I fit right here. And that's what I've learned about myself. Like, just because you don't have an extra degree or lack some specific skill doesn't mean you don't fit into these equations. You can still fit because... From the, the largest entity to the smallest entity, they all need a foundation. And some of those foundational things tend to be some of the most basic things, but they're highly valued because without them, the whole structure would crumble. And I've, re like, I've really taken that from because I used to wonder, I'm like, man, like some of the people I've worked with and talked with and stuff like that, um, I'm like, and I've said to myself, why me? Why me? And then I kind of like, from what I learned from you and I peeled it back and I said oh that's what they mean when they said that that's what and I was like oh I do do that well that is mm -hmm. part of my skill set that's why this person is attracted to me and they want me to do this specific thing because they see it and I'm like oh Dr. Dash does it again let's <laughs> see that thing right um so what you described is my skill set see I'm aware of my skills I spent a lot of time with myself and identifying these skills mm -hmm. And part of it is training and part of it is gift. Like we all have gifts and talents, right? It is a natural talent that's been honed by skill, right? So we'll put it that way. Um, so one of the things that I know about myself is that I turn ambiguous data into information, right? I do this at work. That's why I get put places on the roles I get placed. Like they'll drop me into something that no one else knows about. I'll read, you know, for a day or two. And I'll come back and like this turned into a PowerPoint presentation that my boss can give to their boss, right? Mm they're presenting like that's what and I do it really quickly like it's just like shoof, like 
it can be complex. If you ever see me complaining on Facebook, complex compliance or expatriate, you know, conversations where I'm talking to two countries. I've never been in payroll, right? But mm -hmm. I'm the person in the room making sure that the, the French payroll, not French, Brazilian payroll and the Japanese payroll are on the same page, right? Making everything make sense. Mm -hmm. I don't have to understand all the nuances as long as I understand the process. Right. Right. And I'm the type of person where if I see someone not not understand something in the moment, I'll stop the meeting. Like we're not gonna keep going to this meeting. Like we're gonna have another meeting if we don't address this. Right <laughs> right? So we're gonna stop. Is everyone clear? Are there yeah. any questions? Right. But in doing that, I can assess. Right. And I assess at a very deep level, and I ask very specific, nuanced questions. If anyone has ever been with me, they've gotten a question. They'd be like, "Hold up." I've heard this question, but not in this particular way. And mm -hmm. I didn't know that I needed to go self-reflect on that. <laughs> right. That is my skill. Right. And you work in human resources and development. That's a skill they pay for. Right. Mm -hmm. Learning how to mm -hmm. turn data into information quickly at an executive level. That is a skill that they will pay for. Right. Yeah. Because time like, is money. Time is money. Right. So I think it's important for people to spend time with themselves. If you ever hear me talk, I'm always talking about self-reflection, creating the space, creating the time. I know everyone doesn't have a lot of time, but five minutes of self-reflection, two minutes of journaling will make a difference that will reward you in ways that you cannot even imagine and fathom. Because for me, I just remember, and I get emotional every time I think about it, when I was broke, which means I had zero dollars, okay? I had no bank account, right? Because it got closed. I was facing foreclosure, right? And they were coming to the office, you know, kind of office coming to my house, you know, with the with the little slips that say, you know, you're going under foreclosure. My grandma was in the hospital, right? My Oof. uncle's in the hospital, right? I didn't have anything and I didn't have a lot of time, right? Yeah. But I remember sitting and asking God, like, God, you know, I'm sorry, I messed up. I took responsibility for my actions. I remember him saying, baby girl, if if I give you three things, what are those three things? And I wrote those three down in like five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Those three things is what I have right now in Japan. Wow. Right? I remember. So it doesn't have to take a long time, right? Now, I did a whole bunch of internal work before that, but the moment... So three things that didn't take very long, not at all. Man, it's 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 uh, your faith is is one of the things I love the most about you, um, because people, it's it's really hard to see it and to hold on to it when you are in such a bad situation. Because what you just described is impossible. It's like uh, that. What's the saying? If whatever can go wrong is going wrong right now. Yeah. Like, it's like, whatever could be going wrong, it's all happening. I don't know how I would have dealt, <laughs> dealt with that. And I've been pretty low. Yeah, I I, I haven't been. Shoot, I might have been. Yeah, I have. I've, I've slept. <laughs> I've slept. I've, I was a couch hopper. I definitely. Um, but I definitely kept the faith um, as well and definitely had to pray and reflect because, man, like five years ago, Shoot, four years ago, my life was very different. Right before I met you, I was just like, God, this ain't it. Like, what? <laughs> this is not it. This is not where I thought I was going to be. This is not who I thought I was. It was crazy. But um, you kept, you keep referring to something that I want people to really take with them. It starts with self. We got to be real with ourselves. We have to do 
the work. We have to do the work. We have to take those steps forward, and we have to develop these things. And I, I want to touch on something we said earlier. We got to shift our mindset, y'all. You know, um, when it comes to going after what you want with these jobs and things of that nature, I know that sometimes it can be a shock if you sit like, like you know, I'm pretty sure the young lady who got offered that 60000 or whatever it was, that might have been the most money she's ever been offered in her life. And it right. seems so good and you're so thankful and you've probably been told, oh, be thankful for what you get. Like you said, be humble and, you know, don't press your luck and all that stuff. No, 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 no. This, let me go, at, like you said, let me go after what I want. You get one life. Some of these opportunities. Don't say that. Hold on. I don't like people say that. Oh, what? Well, I mean, (laughs) on this earth. Okay. I don't know about that one either. What? Oh. (laughs) As far as I know, you got one chance on this earth. That doesn't mean just run out and do everything crazy all willy nilly. But I'm saying you have this opportunity in front of you today. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Okay. I'll pick that one. Okay. (laughs) Whatever your philosophies may be, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you. I, I always like pr- to provide clarity. So yeah, go after it. Um, but that's both... scary. It is. It is scary, y'all. But you know what? Most of the time, I'll speak from my experience. Most of the time, you do what you're supposed to do. Which I'm gonna ask you for some. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners some free tips. Okay. Um, most of the time, what I ask for, I get, or I get very close to it. I mean, there, okay. there, there's some yeah. no's in there, but. But here's the thing, though, right? Because I get real emotional about this. Like, I get, I'm learning, right? What happens when you get what you ask for and you realize it's not what you want? Like, that right there is something that I don't think people talk about because I remember, and this is the thing, because I'm a woman of faith, I asked God for this and God provided. Mm-hmm. Now I have to go back to God and be like, bruh. Uh, <laughs> you're not gonna go back to God and say, "Bruh, no, you're." Not. You know, my mom laughed at me. So me and God have a very, um, I don't say casual relationship, but we have a very authentic relationship. So of course <laughs> He is God. So I come with Him with reverence and truth. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when we talk and we talk like we friends, like that's how I was taught to like, you know, talk to God to you know to get the emotion out to be authentic, right? Yeah. So of course He's reverent and He's God, and you know, but bruh, like I know I asked for this, but. It's not necessarily what I want. And who wants to go back to God? Like the crew, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a certain level of, of itness where you're like, I want to, I don't want to do that. Like you go to your mom and ask for something and, you know, she gave it to you and be like, this is, you know, it's yep. just, so we have to be careful when we're talking about these things. I do the same thing. I do ask God for things. He gives it to me. That's just something that I'm not sure how or why. Maybe because my faith is so strong. Maybe just because of grace and mercy and favor, regardless of what it is, it's there. But I don't want people to get caught up in, in that because it also causes problems and issues. If we go too far to the wrong side. Yeah. So what I really want to be conscious of is that people um, be mindful and aligned to God first and then ask. So that's what I've been doing. I've asked, actually been asking for less things because I know I'm so powerful, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Right. I actually speak less because I know the things I say are so powerful. So it's kind of like you when you learn your level of power and there comes a greater responsibility that maybe you weren't privy to before. Mm-hmm. 
that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I think those things you mentioned, like kind of when you get there and you realize you don't want it, those are just those experiences that help build us up to the next thing. It might be all a part of his plan. Like, okay, I know you don't really want this, but you need to learn from this. So he, yeah. Oh, you don't want it. Oh, okay. I wonder why. Maybe because I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, yeah, uh, my dad did that with something. He was eating something and he knew I wasn't going to want it, but I kept begging and asking and begging and asking. He's like, all right, here you go. You better eat all of it too. And I was like, Ugh! like, I didn't want it. And that, you know, that, that kind of was like the lesson for me, uh, yeah, that that's something, you know, what I typically ask for is just peace and guidance and um, just just help with decision making in general. Because, I mean, honestly, I don't know 100% what I want. I am starting to develop a big picture thing that I want to start doing in my life. And it's going to take a team of people that I'm working on building because I see a great opportunity and I'm starting to see the people but yeah, I've wanted so many things and had an opportunity and I've gotten into a lot of places and I've just been like, eh, I don't want this. I don't want this. This is no longer fulfilling. This is no longer fulfilling. Um, and it's <laughs> it was like, oh, shoot. So I had to learn to like, okay, Robert, what is fulfillment? How are you feeling? What do you feel? What What is something that can fulfill this feeling? It can't. It's not always something tangible. Like, what are you really after? What makes you feel good? If you throw money and finances and all that stuff out the window, what makes you feel good when you do it? What feels natural as you taking a breath? Those are the things that um, I'm searching for right now. And I, for me, I just did a, a, a speak out this at a college. Um, I call it redefining success. So Ooh. you have to define what success looks for you, looks like for you. So for me, it was like job accolades. It was money. It was um, degrees, right? Because that was what I was taught, achievement-oriented um, basic learning, right? Uh -huh. So if you were a, a, what they call it, a scholar kid or you were like a gifted child, right, in the Black community, if you were a gifted kid, you were unintentionally taught this to to go for achievement, right? Yep. So that's what your life looks like. And then you wake up one day and you're miserable and you don't know why because you have all these quote unquote successful things, but you're crying and you're depressed and, you know, having suicidal ideation. Right. So when I had to learn, right. When I had my moment, when I had to go to God and say, this isn't what I want, he broke me down. Right. And we started over. I had to redefine what success looks like. And for me, that is community, right. That is family. That is connection. That is travel. That also does include luxury experiences. Now, look, we had to redefine it, but it's in there. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Makes me happy. Gives me joy. Right. But then I've learned that when I'm at some of these luxury experiences, right, like I'm on the water, right? I'm on, I'm near, you know, on like on the ocean or watching the sun, you know, I'm still having these moments with God, right? So I'm in a building on like, let's say the 50th floor of Tokyo, watching the sun drop, you know, on the skyline, right? Listening to jazz music, eating refined food, yet I'm reflecting on God, right? It's, yep. it's like these crazy, amazing experiences where they just kind of, for me, have all come together. Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the sunset and the 50th floor. It's beautiful. If you come to Japan, I'll take you. Bring, make sure you bring your wallet. <laughs> I will. I will. My wallet will be, Lord willing, my wallet will be full from these vending machines I'm going to start placing soon. Um, there you go. Speaking into existence. Uh, so, really quick before I let you go, what are some tips for people in this job market research-wise? I think that's a very big one. I know that when I was doing my journey, that's one of the things I did and one of the things you taught me. Um, there's websites out there and stuff now where you can look 
and get information, but what specific tips do you have from your expertise? Um, the, it, oh, that's so broad. Um, do you have a specific question? Because I can give you like a thousand tips um, forever. Let's say I'm targeting uh, a specific, I don't know, a director position or an mm-hmm. upper management position in corporate America. What type of research should I be doing when it comes to this and when it comes to um, asking for going after what I want? How can I be strategic in that? So the first thing I tell people is not to start with the job board, start with what you want. So I'm telling everybody to do this in reverse, right? Like that's how you get into a pool of comp- competition. And I always tell people the competition doesn't exist. Like I'm, I'm the person. And if I'm not the person, then another company will hire me because I am the person, if that makes sense, Ooh. right? Say it again, say it so, again. I am the person. Like people who know me, like <laughs> they'd be like, whoa, like, yes, it's, it's that confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, it is what it is. So I tell people to write down what they want first, right? Like like write their own job description, right? Mm-hmm. Then go to the market and see if that, that exists. Once you do that research, and LinkedIn is a great place, you know, I'm an advocate for them. Um, then you need to go find some research on how much it it, it, um, it pays, right? Now, Glassdoor and some of these other places are great resources, right? But a lot of times they're not um, third-party oriented, right? It's like the employee or a present or past employee, you know, writing mm-hmm. information. You need to go get a work compensation. Like you need a compensation report, right? A salary report, right? Uh, which is what I, my, my clients, we go there, we give them, um, I teach, I tell them where they go and everything like that. And then, um, and get it vetted. So, you know, what the marketplace pays in your particular area. Nice. Right. So I always tell people, what's your job title specifically? Right. I ask you these same questions, Rob. Mm-hmm. What, what job title are we targeting? What location geographically are you in? Because that pays, makes a difference. Right. And how much do you want to get paid? If you get those three things for yourself and then you go vet it in the marketplace, you will be surprised how much more prepared you are, prepared you feel confident you are going into, into the space because you know right? What you're looking for, right? When people set up job alerts, I encourage that sometimes I'll say, oh, you have 40 alerts or you have 50 alerts. If you set up a job alert and you have 40 or 50 alerts, something is wrong. Okay. (laughs) You should have that many, right? You should have like three or eight. It's all about quality over quantity, Mm -hmm. right? My goal for myself and every person I interact with is that when someone talks to you, or when someone sees your resume, regardless of where you are, right, they say that's the person, right? That's that's the goal, right? That's mm-hmm. the person. Because it doesn't matter who interviews after me, I've already been chosen, right? <laughs> I love <laughs> the confidence. About, like dating, right? And you're dating in the dating phase. If you have a person or you've been chosen by a person, it don't matter what else you see. That, that's the person, yeah. right? Yeah. So everything else is kind of irrelevant. People can come for the job. They can try and apply for the job, but the job has been filled, right? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, this was refreshing, energizing, and rejuvenating, and I have needed this conversation because <laughs> life and work have been kicking my arse, and um, there's been a lot going on, but now I feel a bit refreshed and relaxed you know so i do what i can i do what i can (laughs) i appreciate that is there anything you would like to leave our listeners with anything you have coming up how can they contact you of course i will add this to the description as well 
Of course. So I have a shift that's coming, actually. So I'm pretty excited about. Um, I'm not really able to announce it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for career resources, people want to stay connected to me. Um, they can jump on my newsletter or get access to my, um, I call them branding tools. So if you need like resume help and, and things like that, they can go to bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash career branding toolkit. That's all lowercase. Um, and of course, you can stay connected to me that way. Of course, Facebook, Instagram, that's cool. But to be honest, like I'm really all about people living like their version of their best life. Right. And the one thing I've always had an issue with, particularly as a Christian, is that if we serve this amazing, wonderful, big, big, wonderful God who created the universe and everything within it therein, why are we struggling? Mm. Why are we living the lives that we are living, right? Mm-hmm. I want to experience the fullness of God. And he created the entire world. Then why can, am I not able to see the entire world? Mic drop. Wait, did you <laughs> drop the mic actually? Okay. That, was, that was it. Okay. That's drop. <laughs> I'm dropping the mic for you. No, drop it. That, that's That's just, that's where I am. Well, Dr. Dash, thank you so, 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 so very much for joining me once again. Our conversations are always great um, and revitalizing, and you are a constant reminder of one of the most major level ups um, I've ever had in my life, and I greatly appreciate you for your hard work, your dedication, and for being such an inspiration and I'm glad just to know you and just to be a part of your life. And I'm glad that you're a part of my life. I really appreciate that. I do. I do. And ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for us. Everything you need will be in the description. And as always, take care of yourselves physically, mentally, financially. And we'll see y'all next time. Peace.